Welcome back to the Unbreakable Mindset Podcast with me, your host, Jude Dawn. I am going to dive straight into this episode rather than filling you in on what's been going on and what I've been up to because this subject matter that I'm going to talk about today is really important to me and I can't believe I don't talk about it more. (laughs) And I think the reason why I don't talk about it more is because what I'm going to say is very controversial, but also possibly triggering. So I would insist that you listen to the whole episode before you make your own call on it in terms of what I'm going to talk about. So I want to talk about why I feel like everything that is out there about depression and anxiety is so wrong and why the treatments don't work. Now, the last part, why the treatments don't work, is not a controversial statement. That's true. There are so many people out there who try various forms of therapy and nothing works. Now, I know this because I was one of them. I also know this because the clients that come to me, I would say 80% of them come to me when they've tried everything else and nothing's worked. I'm like the last chance. I'm like, do you know what? And, And this was me, right? You know, my story is I had tons of therapy from the age of 15 till I was 23 and nothing worked until I found a coach. And what I want to talk about in this episode are what I believe, my personal opinion, over years of working with clients who struggle with anxiety and depression, what I believe the cause and factors are, and then what the outcome is, and what the solutions are. So if you know anyone that's struggling with their mental health, then please do get them to listen to this episode. Now, I also say this, and and I'm going to add this in as as a trigger warning, but also as a, I get it, I understand, right? So I have had three people in close proximity within my life who have struggled so badly with their mental health that they are no longer on this planet now. So I don't talk about this lightly with a flippant kind of disregard to mental health. I know what it's like to be stuck in the darkest place where it just feels like there's a dark cloud over your head and you don't know how to get out of it. I also know what it looks like when it's not that bad. And it's just, and I say just, because when I was at this point, it felt like, so, so let us give you a, 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 a potted history, okay? So my state, my normal state was neither happy nor sad, I was just getting on with things. But that would look like anxious thoughts. Sometimes on, they, they, they got a bit of out of control and there'd maybe be palpitations where your heart's really beating fast. Um, 
panic attacks, but never to the degree where I couldn't control it. I always knew how to control it. And then really dark depression where you're crying all the time and uh, uh, surviving. I, you know, I, I was still doing stuff. Um, I was still be able to function and either go to college or, I mean, I had a lot of time off school when I was depressed. But I was functioning in a way where at least I could get out of bed. But I didn't want to get out of bed and that's the difference. I felt tired all the time and I just wanted to sleep through it. It is a dark place. And what I will say is... When you get out of that, and I saw a quote on this, and I think this is probably what made me, again, there was loads of stuff pointing to why I needed to do this episode. There was a quote that I saw where it said, oh my God, I'm going to forget it. Damn, the menopause. Wait a minute, let's see if I can find it, because I'm sure I wrote it down. Okay, this wasn't the quote. I did adapt it, and I remember typing it in my phone. So the quote, so something along the lines of, but as I say, I've adapted it, and, and, and this is really relevant. When you no longer get bouts of depression, your motivation is to never feel that way again. And that is always my motivation. This is why I always check in with how I'm feeling. And you'll, you'll recognize that in the episode that I did last week where I was like, oh, I'm just not feeling it today. And rather than letting that build up and build up and build up and, and, and the compound effect of just feeling crap and then ending up in depression, I was able to, within that time period of traveling to work, figure out what the hell was pulling my mood down so I could problem solve it. So coming back to my personal opinion on depression and anxiety and what I see in clients, and this has been 10 years of research on my part, in fact, actually, let's add five years on that because it's my own personal journey of figuring out my mental health struggle and how I was able to get out of it and having a retrospective view of it, okay? So if we take somebody who suffers from anxiety, and that doesn't need to be high levels of anxiety, it could just be anxious thoughts, right? And there's a difference. Anxiety is when you feel that, kind of tense um fear a lot of the time okay where it's like it's it's daily rather than every so often right so if we start with every so often right the anxiety is um worrying what other people think or worrying that you're going to fail right you probably don't feel that way every single day when you've got anxious thoughts but they're there every so often they kind of keep repeating themselves what then tends to happen is, and this is the same for, for pretty much everyone I've worked with who've struggled with anxiety and depression, I can see, we look at the timeline, is that builds up because you don't deal with it. You just carry it around like a little backpack of anxious thoughts. And then eventually those anxious thoughts kind of, again, compound, you get more of them and you start to feel more anxious about other things because you're used to worrying about something. So you just worry about more things. And the backpack gets weighted down. And the heavier your backpack, the more likely you are to make it feel like you can't cope anymore. It's like it's weighing you down so much that the anxiety has got so big 
you are now into the red area, which is depression. And depression needs some form of medication or intervention, right? Which is, I got a lot. So I got a lot of intervention, whether it was through therapy or through medication. And the medication only goes so far, right? And I, and I was doing some research on this today before I jumped on the podcast. The reason why they give you medication, and even then, right, it said it wasn't proven, which is just nuts, because they used to give this stuff out like tablets, okay? That the medication is there to increase the neurotransmitters, which are the chemicals in your brain, like serotonin, and a one I didn't know how to pronounce, which was noradrenaline. So it's adrenaline, but with no at the start. That, that's essentially what, what the antidepressants do, which is great because they're your happy chemicals. So it's giving you them, but almost falsely. In a sense of that, you know, there's nothing circumstantially changing in your life. It's just the fact that these are given off these chemicals, which is great. And I'm not saying anything about those because I needed them at certain points just to see the wood for the trees. But what I will say is it got me to a certain point and then I'd have therapy. And this, again, is why therapy didn't work for me. And I want everyone listening who's had therapy and it didn't work for them to, to kind of understand the reason. You'll know it because I talk to people all the time. People who jump on a call with me, they go, yeah, that's why it didn't work with for me. So the, their impression of it might be, do you know what? It helped and it got us out from where I needed to be. And then certain things happen in life and you just kind of go back to going, you're neither happy nor sad, you're just getting on with things. So therapy works to a point, or at least it did for me and it does for my clients. And maybe I've just never bumped into the people that it actually worked for, right? So fantastic. If it worked for you, amazing. But the types of therapy that my clients have that don't work for them and why it didn't work for me is because you go in, you talk about what you're struggling with. They'll either give you solutions to help you sleep better or to cope with a panic attack or to cope when you feel anxiety coming on. But they're more like plasters. They're not really doing anything because they're dealing with the, it's like it's like giving antidepressants for depression. It's it's dealing with the depression, but it's not dealing with why it, it was triggered in the first place. So it's giving you solutions for the anxiety, but it's not going anywhere near enough to the depth of level to understand why you were anxious in the first place. And that is why therapy didn't work for me. So I'd go in, I'd talk about the stuff, you know, and, and therapists are trained to not give you solutions they are trained to get you to think about your thought and to ask you how you feel about that thought okay like so you just get asked more questions and you're left with so many unanswered questions that you walk away thinking I'll always feel like this and this is why people struggle so much more with anxiety and depression because the solutions that are out there mainstream don't work to the depth of what is needed. You're talking, you're getting things off your chest, you feel better for the day, and then things build up, you feel crap again, you go and talk, you feel a bit better, but nothing's changing. 
So eventually you just get stuck in this. And this was me. You know, if you look back at, if I was to look back at my, and I would advise you if, if you feel the same way to look back at like a mental list of, of when you've checked in. And I mean checking in by going to the doctors and going, right, I'm struggling, I need help. Mine was always a cycle of, of about a year or two years where I'd have to then go back and get medication. And it was a cycle because nothing's changed in that time. The core reason as to why I was depressed was never identified. So what I want to tell you is what my experience of that is and what I know for my clients because the framework I use is exactly the same. The mind is what we struggle with, our thoughts, right? And what causes our thoughts is our mindset, okay? So our mindset is triggering thoughts. So whether that's a a belief system that we have um, or whether that's things that we've learned along the way that we believe is truth, okay? So if we've grown up with anxious parents and there's now always an anxious person in your family that you've got it from and it's not a blame situation it's just that is that is truth right it happens with everyone I don't know anyone who's came to me who's anxious who didn't have an anxious parent or at least had something that happened in their childhood that caused anxiety okay and bear in mind everything I feel like I should pinpoint as well everything that I'm talking about here is anxiety caused by mindset not trauma that's very different okay and and trauma does need therapy to help you disconnect from what happened to help you understand what happened to you I'm not talking about that I'm not talking about you know I had depression before my fiance committed suicide and I needed help to understand how to grieve and how to get through that trauma of what had happened to me once I was out the other side, I went back to being depressed. That depression afterwards on my timeline is exactly the same as it coming before the the, the bereavement. So uh, I'm not saying that anyone that's coping with a traumatic event, PTSD, this is going to be the case for them. This is about people who've struggled with anxious thoughts, anxiety that's led to depression. Okay, so, so again... I'm making sure I'm clarifying that so I don't get hung out to dry. But I know, I know this is worthwhile me saying because the people that are listening will resonate and they will so get this. And it's for those people who feel like nothing has worked for them, okay? So let us go through why this happens, okay? So our mindset is telling us one thing. It's either telling us to be fearful of the world, to worry what other people think, to maybe feel like we're not good enough or to feel like other people have it easier than us, whatever that condition conditioning is. And remember, as, as children, we, we create our own belief system. So we've created our own belief system based on, on what that looks like growing up. Then what you do is you get into adulthood with that belief system that you don't question. And that then causes a certain level of response from us. Okay, so I'm going to give an example that I used this morning with a client and as she's listening, she'll she'll smile um, hearing this and I know she won't mind me saying it, but it was an old belief system, but this is what happens when we're stuck in this belief system all the time. 
So her her goal was to get a certain role at work. So my question in a roundabout way was, okay, so what are you doing about it? Um, well, I'm just waiting for X, Y, and Z. Okay, so does everyone know that you want this position was my next question. No, and then we kind of pulled it apart a little bit and her fear was, so she wasn't talking about the thing that she wanted because her fear was, oh my God, but what happens if I don't get it? What happens if somebody else, I get missed for that opportunity because they prefer someone else? And this is what I want you to focus in on, right? Her goal was to get a certain position at work. Her fear was, but what happens if? So her response was to do nothing and just hope. Hope that it would come out and, and somebody would ask her to go for interview, etc. Okay. Now, in those examples, and we'll all have an example of something like that. Okay. If we don't do something about something, we miss our opportunity. And then what happens is we get overlooked. It confirms the story that we tell ourselves as I wasn't good enough for the position. Because our depression and anxiety is controlling our thoughts and therefore our actions. You know, we I talk a lot about the belief system. Our belief system is, I've got a thought about it. I'll act on that thought or not act on that thought. So the result is nothing happens. So then it confirms your limited belief. And you get stuck in that cycle. And that cycle is so relevant for someone who has anxiety because their actions are dictated to by their thoughts and their thoughts are generally not serving them. They are detrimental, okay? So what happens is over time, these actions and habits add up. So say we might be fearful of, so somebody with, and this happens again, my clients will resonate with this, the ones that I've worked with, but also the ones that I haven't worked with um, yet or, or a listener. If you've got IBS, your fear might be, oh God, but I can't go out. I don't want to eat. And therefore, you then get triggered by that. And you don't want to, you're worried about going out um, or even just standing at the bus stop in case your tummy gets triggered. So what you do is you then start to retreat from life and you do less and less. And your anxiety gets bigger because you're now even more worried about it because the thing you're not doing is still so big. I was talking to someone about this the other day who, you know, that big fear was just going to the bus stop. Uh, and I remember saying to them, what's changed for you now? And she went, you know, coming here today, I didn't have a thought about it. I just went to the bus stop. <laughs> like, that's huge. I can't tell you that's so huge. That's somebody who's recovered from depression and anxiety, right? But what I want you to remember is that we're not born with these habits and actions. These habits and actions are an outcome of our anxious thoughts. So when I look at supporting somebody, I'm looking at where their thought system goes most of the time. So what are their thoughts? Where does it come from? So I'm, I'm, I'm un, I always say there's at the end of every anxious thought, there's a thread. There's something at the end of it. Not only am I looking at that anxious thought, but I'm looking at what behavior that causes or doesn't cause. There is always a self-sabotaging behavior that anxiety causes, whether that's procrastination, whether that's overwhelm, 
whether that's keeping yourself small and not taking any risks. Once you look at all of that, you can then support somebody in moving forward, okay? It's not that difficult. When you know all of that information, it's not that difficult to support somebody in moving forward. I always say the work that I do is not brain surgery, right? It's understanding yourself on such a deeper level that you can see your emotional response. An emotional response tends to, when it's in a negative, only see the negative. If you can only see the negative, you can't see the solution. And what I start doing, because my goal is to always empower my clients and the students in the academy as well and to get them to see it, you know, because this is a new way of thinking. You know, my coaching certification isn't just a coaching certification. It is the Unbreakable Mindset Methodology. And what is so different about that is that we do the work to understand ourselves, our clients, um, and, and also we get our clients to understand themselves as well and to know their internal response system when you know that you can respond differently. And the key takeaway, God, I feel like I could talk about this forever. The key takeaway that I got, and I say this to everyone, when I started my coaching journey, and, and I've worked with a coach. And bear in mind, there was a lot of work that I did after that, that my clients don't have to do because I do that with them. But one of the things that was my biggest takeaway was, I don't have to think this way. There is another way to think. And I didn't know that. And I don't know if you're listening to this and going, well, of course. <laughs> or you've listened to my podcast episode that I've already trained you to realize that. But there is a different way to think that will cause a better reaction. Before I was about to record this episode, I had a, cli- I had a client who I've worked with for, for a while now. And, and she's coming up to her, uh, well, we're at the final sessions. And she's at an eight or a nine. And never did she think she'd get to an eight or a nine. So I'll repeat, I know you know this if you listen to me a lot. The scale of one to 10, 10 is saved for when you get a job, when somebody says you've got that job or somebody tells you they love you. Like you can't be that happy every day. So my goal is never to get anyone to a 10. That's saved for those special moments. But my goal is always to get somebody to an eight or a nine. Because once you feel that way, your motivation will always be to stay there. Okay, and you'll do the work to check in. You'll never fall back into those anxiety and depression cycles. It just won't be your story anymore. How amazing is that? I still get emotional that I do that for somebody because it was huge for me, huge. So she's at an eight or a nine. And I said to her, what do you know you're doing differently that is keeping you at that eight or nine? And she said, I problem solve. When something comes up, I problem solve. I look for the positives. And she also said, I'm starting to believe that things are possible for me. And that is the power of doing that work. And there are only certain people that will do that work with you. 
Because what we're not doing is I'm not focused on that pain point that you're in now. I'm focused on how you got to that pain point and how we get you out of it. And that is why the work that I do with my clients and the work that I did on myself is life-changing. If you can't afford to work with a coach and you want to take something away from this podcast, I want you to start asking yourself, how can I think differently? And what are my thoughts causing in terms of my response system? Okay, so it could be another example for the same client. She's going to love this episode is she wanted to have more play dates for her daughter but she didn't want to, her thought was, oh, well, there's no point in asking because why would they want to come round here and to her house? And she's got a lovely house. <laughs> um, and her daughter's lovely and she's lovely. But that was her thought system. Why would anyone want to come round here? And when she started to think differently, she started to work towards, like, okay, well, what is the outcome that I want? And what do I need to do about it? And honest to God, like, these are the simple things that we take for granted on a daily basis that we're probably sabotaging, you know? For someone else, you can see the solution. You go, okay, well, just ask. They'll either say yes or no. If if you want your daughter to to have more friends around and, and to have more little play dates in the diary, just ask. Somebody who doesn't find that difficult will say, just ask. But when you're stuck in the discomfort and there will be something that you're feeling uncomfortable about right now, that for someone else, the solution is really easy. But for you right now, it's really tricky because you see the fear rather than the solution. You're so stuck in what might happen that you can't see the solution. So one of the things that I would invite you to do, if I'm asking you to problem solve, is to reframe the question that you ask yourself. Because when you're stuck with a a, a problem, there tends to be a full stop at the end of that problem, rather than a question. So for example, if your fear is, well, what happens if I don't get the job? It feels like there's a full stop at the end of that because you don't feel like you could move forward from that. So what I would say is reframe it to how do I get the job? What do I need to do? And you ask yourself powerful questions in the positive that allow you to help you find the solutions. Now, I am not going to fix your anxiety and depression in a 25 minute podcast. But the key takeaway from this is there is a different way to think that is going to empower you to have a better response. And anxiety and depression does not have to be your story. You just need to find the right solution for you. And for me and for my clients, it's the therapy and it's the work that I've done with them. And for me, it was the the finding the coach who then put me on a different path and I was able to learn so much about myself. And I started to do that work. Now, I will say with my coach, she opened the door and I walked through it. But I did a lot of that work on myself. Now, 
I do do that with clients. I hold their hand through that work. But for me, that wasn't part of, of the, the work that my coach did. It was very different. She got me to question my thoughts, but we didn't do that lovely core work that I now do with my clients, which is to understand where the threads come from and how they show up now and what tools they need. And there's a ton of tools. But I was able to do that work on myself. So I don't want you to think it's impossible if you can't afford a coach. You've just got to start looking at things so differently with different eyes to understand that there's a cause and effect, okay? There is something that's causing your depression and it's having an effect on your life that's giving you a negative outcome. So if you start to do that work and unwire it, the solution is there and it's not brain surgery. But I appreciate that when you're in it, it feels impossible. So just ask yourself, what one thing could you do today where you question your thought and you do a different response to how you would normally do it? It's one of the most powerful things that you can do for yourself. And please do reach out to me. If this has resonated, please do reach out to me. And we can have a conversation on DMs. You know, if you, if you if you don't want to, if you can't afford to do the work with a coach, please just reach out to me anyway, if it's resonated. If you know somebody that's struggling with anxiety and depression, please send this on so they know there's hope that you can get out of it. And you absolutely can. There's a life on the other side of negative mental health and it is so rewarding. And, and not just mentally, but in every aspect of your life, your life will change when you're on the other side of it. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. Have an amazing week, everyone. As always, I pray this episode landed exactly where it needed to and exactly at the right time, especially if you were gifted this by someone else who passed it on. And at the heart, and remember at the heart of everything that we do, our mindset is the anchor that causes all of that. So those conversations that you need to have with yourself have to be gentle. They have to be retrospective. You have to start looking at yourself as if you are your best mate and observe yourself. All right, okay, so I see that when that happened, you do this. You almost have that gentle conversation with yourself of like, you know, that that episode that I did last week where I explained my response system to me not knowing what I was doing in my accounts was to have a meltdown. Had it again this week where we've just created a new website for the academy and it wasn't doing the things that it should be doing. It wasn't showing up organically. And I don't know what I'm doing with this stuff, guys. And it makes me panic and it makes me freak out and it makes me want to just shut the door and climb into bed because that's my response system to me feeling thick that I don't know what I'm doing. So I had to then start writing a list of things that I needed to do to be able to find the answers. I don't have the answers on everything. I'm not an expert in everything. So I'll figure out how to get them. And, and one of those things was putting a call into Google <laughs> and getting them to figure out why it wasn't showing up organically. But I can do those things because I didn't. I panicked for a second, but then I felt how it felt. And I thought, I don't want to feel like this. So what's the solution? And it's those gentle things. It's those gentle ways of being but being able to recognize that your go-to response doesn't have to be anxious. Your go-to response doesn't have to be stressful, but you need to understand yourself on such a deeper level and be able to get out of it. 
Have an amazing week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Unbreakable Mindset podcast with me, your host, Jude Daunt. If you have enjoyed this episode, then please do share with others. And it would mean a huge deal to me if you would rate, review, follow and subscribe on your podcast app. This will allow the podcast to keep growing and going to new audiences. And if you want to know all the ways in which you can work with me directly, please visit judontcoaching.co.uk. The links will be in the show notes.